This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Happy Thursday, everybody. We are back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Zach Heilprin back live again. A beautiful Thursday. Zach, you have big NBA draft plans tonight? No. What does your Thursday night look like? My my Thursday night's going to be filled with uh, watching and hoping Johnny Davis goes off the board early and that the Bucks don't take anybody. Uh, And it'll be... (laughs) (laughs) The me and media. They they trade it, and uh, we we can put everything to bed early. Instead of, like, trading back, like trading for like two second round picks then you get a yeah then they pick 58th what if the bucks go up to take johnny davis at five somehow and you know what that would be that would be a dream two two birds one stone it'd be like all right good i don't have i can only i only have to write one story about it i admire your outlook it's all about me yeah it's all about me it always has been always love it all right yeah so nba draft is tonight johnny davis mentioned He's going to be the first Wisconsin Badger selected since 2015, since Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker were taken that year. The latest ESPN mock draft that I saw has him going number 10 to Washington. I've seen a lot around that range. I guess where we're going to start here, we're going to go through this a little quick, but where could good fits for him be? And 877-867-1670, that's Bill's number, isn't it? I guess it both were. I, I'm so used to saying that. I've been saying it all week. And for Bill Michaels, you could use that number. You could also use 608-321-1670. Both will come through to the board. Both will get you through the same. But good fits for Johnny Davis. So my overall thoughts were, it's not the worst thing in the world that he isn't a top three, top five consensus pick in this draft. Because throughout last season, obviously, he ascended and became a finalist for National Player of the Year. Terrific season. I came really out of nowhere in the national eye of NBA draft prospects, or maybe from mid-second round, late first, up to where he's going to be selected. But then... As the year went to a close, you really saw the top of the draft lineup. You have Jabari Smith. You have Paulo Bancaro, who went to Duke. You have Ivy from Purdue that we saw multiple times. You have Chet Holmgren, Keegan Murray. Johnny Davis is not among those top five, or at least we think he won't be selected with them. I feel like that's kind of a good thing, though, because I don't think he's a player that's going to go into a dysfunctional organization with a dysfunctional coach and hasn't been able to get anything right. He doesn't seem like the crazy transcendent LeBron James type talent that can go change that instantly. Does that make sense? I feel like yes. him him landing in a good situation with a good teammates, a good coach, like that is where he'll thrive. It's not saying a lot, but I, I'm in a good spot with where he is going to be selected. I think he's if he goes to a team where he isn't doesn't have to be the star, like the guy that has to, carry, uh, you know, be the ball every single time. And I don't think he will. Like, I don't think he's going to end up, you know, he's not probably not going to be a top 10 pick, probably not going to go in the top 10. Uh, I know we're going to talk about that in a second over under where he's going to fall, but I, I don't think they're going to be asking that of him. And I don't think right now he's capable of, of being that guy. What he can be for sure is a great defender because he's athletic. He tries his butt off. And he's, he's hard-nosed and a great rebounder for his size. I mean, there's nobody that will go up and try and get a ball from a guy who's seven foot when you're 6'5 and Johnny Davis. So he did that all last year. He doesn't care how tall you are, how big you are. He's going to go up and try and get it. Do you love that? 
he's got the ability to get to the basket. I think he can finish. The thing is, can he become a competent and re, uh, consistent outside scorer? And if he does that, then I think he can be a star because I think he's got all the other intangibles needed there. It's just the consistency with the with the shot isn't there. But I think if he does, I mean, 3 and D for a long, long time. Really valuable. That's why, I mean, every team in the league right now, I feel like, or every contender is looking for a guy that could fit that mold. Yeah, what you mentioned, that's all high floor stuff, especially as a rookie, right? Because a lot of rookies come in. Some are very talented on offense, but they might not check the boxes on the other sides of the court, where then when they're back on defense, the other team just goes at them and exposes them. The fact he's able to check that box on defense and rebounding, and then we'll see what he'll give you on offense, and we'll see how that progresses. I think that bodes well. Some teams I had written down, I mean, it's a little bit of a reach, but the Blazers at seven. Go play with Dame Lillard. Chauncey Billups is a new head coach. He was hired this offseason, right? I believe so. It's, it's, I have such trouble following NBA head coaching jobs. But Blazers at seven is one that sticks out. They obviously just saw C.J. McCollum go to New Orleans, but playing with Dame Lillard would help him out a lot. The Spurs at nine is the one I starred and circled a lot just because they're the Spurs. Like, they do everything right. When you think of them, you think the fundamental team, and that's kind of the mold he fits as a guy that can come in and do all the things right. The Cavs at 14, maybe, with Garland and Sexton in that in that backcourt that he could also join and not need to be the focal point. And then this is falling down a bit, but, like, the Bulls at 18, yeah. be the backup shooting guard behind Lonzo. I, he could beat out Alex Caruso for a job. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, I like all those... The Spurs one is interesting because it's such a good franchise and it would be good to go to a established franchise that's had success and like is stable for the most part. Now, how long is Greg Popovich going to continue to coach? Right. Like that's doesn't seem like very long. So uh, uh, in that same vein, Chauncey Billups first year was this past year. Mm. So he's got that. But I think being going to a franchise that's stable and has had success and you feel like is going to get he's going to get the good coaching and and uh, they're not going to overreact to any little thing. I think that'd be a good thing for him in San Antonio. Again, it's 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 really about not having to be the guy and being counted on to score a bunch. I, it's I, I see everyone talking about this great score he is and he is. He can get to the basket and all that good stuff, but his mid, it's mid-range game. Uh we saw it at times last year was off the charts but it, there was a lot a lot of tough shots and what's the worst shot in basketball these days contested too yes so um can he step out and, and develop a consistent three-point shot is going to make a difference but just again as you said him being able to play right away in the nba is going to be because he can play defense and he's a willing rebounder and uh that's what you're looking for i think from a from a rookie that's the minimum that you're looking for if you can do that you can play so over under ten and a half tonight. Where do you think he gets selected? I was initially thinking under, but I'm going to take over. I'm going to take the over. I think I'm going to take the under only because, and I hate following all this NBA draft chatter with all the rumors and woes and shams. They spoil every pick. Like I've never had much fun watching the NBA draft. If I'm being completely honest, because once you get past ten guys, the rest are maybe you heard of them in college, but they're not going to be that great. And then all the writers just spoil all the picks. All the talk leading into the draft is nauseating for me. But one report I did see, which I think there could be some credence to, I have no clue, but that the Wizards really do like what he can bring. And they're at number 10. Yeah. And the Spurs are at nine. And maybe that's wishful thinking. I, I think the Spurs are my best case scenario for him. See him go play in San Antonio. Maybe usher in that new era. 
Maybe. Be that next guy. All right. 608-321-1670. So, yeah, the draft, I think it's going on after our show comes to a close tonight. We'll see where Johnny goes. Excited to watch him in the NBA. So now this brings the conversation of how is this going to affect the Wisconsin basketball program? It's a conversation that was had when Decker and Kaminsky went and when the team made the final four runs. What is this going to do in recruiting? What is this going to do to their performance on the court? You can look back through those times after Decker and Kaminsky left. 2016, that recruiting class, they bring in Aleem Ford and Demetri Trice, both three-star guys. You go to 2017, maybe this is the class you could point to and say there could have been uh, some instance that it helped in this way. Nate Reavers and Brad Davison were four stars. Then you get Kobe King from in-state uh, and obviously Reavers and Davison, both from the state of Minnesota. You go to 2018. Here's it. Taylor Curry. Do you know what that class was though? Which class? The 2017 class no, the or 20, 2018? 2018 class. It was guard. It was Tyler hero. Oh, right. It was Tyler hero being committed for an extended amount of time and Wisconsin going, you know, having him in their back pocket and, and going after some other guys that they struck, they struck out on. And then he pulls out late, late, and it leads to that. I forgot about that because I was looking through the class commitments to see just to refresh of which guy came in from which class. I totally forgot about Hero. I had him written down of something we're going to touch on in a second of maybe the Johnny Davis impact. But yeah, I forgot that he was really in that 2018 class before. Listen, I, I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but before Calipari brought the bag and then he went to Kentucky. You don't need to be accusing anybody. I mean, that's that's straight <laughs> up. I'm sure what happened, but like he was part of that he was going to be part of that class. I mean, him and taking pictures on, on the Cole center floor within a Wisconsin uniform on his official visit. I think Jalen Johnson was there maybe that same weekend. Um, I don't think, I don't think there's ever a thought that Jalen was going to come here, but Tyler hero was committed Yeah, and all in for an extended period of time. And then he blew up in the summer and uh, the rest is history. So then we move forward to the classes we have seen most recently you have Tyler Wall in 2019, and then Michael Potter is a transfer then as well. Ben Carlson, Johnny Davis, Jordan Davis, Lauren Bowman, Stephen Crowell in 2020, and then Chucky Hepburn, Marcus Iover, Matthew Moores, and Chris Hodges, Chris Hodges excuse me, in 2021. So, I mean, going forward, the big question is, what is the effect of Johnny Davis's presence? Because he is inherently different from Kaminsky and Decker in that he is a, a wing. And he was able to excel and obviously play himself into lottery consideration in the swing offense here at Wisconsin. Overall, if you think when we look back at this five years from now, what do you think we will see this Johnny Davis year and the effect of it? What do you think we'll think of that? Are we talking high school recruiting? Or are we talking about uh, transfer portal? I'll say both people because that want it overall recruiting. I legitimately thought this offseason based on what Johnny Davis did last year, that they would have had more luck in some of the guys that they went after in the portal. I, I legitimately thought that they would. They, they went after some, some of the wings, that high-scoring guys that ended up going to some bigger programs. But I thought that what they allowed Johnny Davis to do and what they uh, have coming back next year, the availability to, to have the ball in their hands quite a bit along with Chucky, like it would have been a situation where, at least in my mind, there was a, a big opportunity for them to see what Johnny did and then for them to take advantage of it. And it didn't happen. 
guys looking for like one year yes. to go play and then yeah. maybe go to the league, seeing literally the role is there because no one has filled it, obviously. Look, a, a guy a guy who was a freshman, and he, uh, he essentially, I think he played, ended up playing like the fifth most minutes coming off the bench as a true freshman, but he went from very um, not unused guy in, in 2019 or 2020 and 2021 to being the focal point and just getting a ton of opportunities. I thought that after, you know, some of the guys that they went after uh, would have been open to that. They, they weren't. So I, I don't know how big of an impact it's going to have. If it doesn't have it, didn't, if it did not have an impact on guys right now that could come here and do that right now, would it, will it have an impact on recruits in, in high school? I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case. So that's partially my thought. I, I think there are so many factors at play. Like, let's say you're a small little magnet, and then there is the Johnny Davis thing, and that being magnetized to whatever school, being acted by that field, whatever physics people want to call it. There is the Johnny Davis magnetic force of, I could go clearly fill this role and be this guy. I've seen it happen now. It's not that question that many have asked in the past. I think there is a much bigger magnet also around the country, just in general, not specific place to place, but there is the whole thing with NIL and, and there is all the, the swirling things I, with, with that and how the college landscape has changed. So do I think it is a thing? Like, yeah, I, I think that answered a question at least a little bit, but I think the forces of NIL probably uh, way more on, on the minds of, of some. And I, I'm not saying that for certain. Like, I know that guys went there because they made this much. But we saw the thing with Miami, right? Like, the, the portal, there was craziness with NIL in the portal. The guy who said he wanted a new deal uh, or he'll enter the portal because he saw what another transfer got. And, yes, Miami is a very extreme example. What I, what I do think is going forward, my hope is, my ideal setting, is there's one or two guys in the future. I'm talking high school recruiting because the portal is a lot more complicated but high school recruiting in the state that see this happen, maybe like I, along the same timeline as Reavers and Davison, a couple years after the Final Four run, that see a guy like this and say, you know what, I could go to Wisconsin and I could be that. And it's a lot more complicated now with the AAU landscape. And like I mentioned, NIL, it's, uh, it's easier for guys to just go really anywhere around the country. But my hope is, and we had talked about, you mentioned the Nick Herbig thing with TJ Watt. Maybe there is one or two guys, not necessarily a long-term sustained great wings after another, but one or two guys that see this happen and say, I could go there and, and do this and, and make the NBA. That's my hope. I, will it be achieved? I don't know. I don't, I, it's not one of those program-changing things. I think it's everybody's hope. Like, I don't think you have a different hope than anybody else. The question is, will it actually happen? I think it will for one or two. For one or two guys, one or two guys, guys. high level is in a four star. See, the thing is, like Johnny was was pretty heavily recruited, you know, a fringe three star, four star guy. So it's not like he was like a a guarantee first round draft pick coming out. I don't think anybody maybe pegged him as that initially. You saw it earlier this year that he had kind of changed and uh, that's exactly what he was going to be. But I don't think you saw it coming out of college or out of high school. So maybe it's a guy that feels kind of like Johnny, maybe under-recruited to an extent, has has some things in his game that make him different and uh, wants to give it a go. But 
it's so hard to get those those guys because they're uh, everyone plays in front of everybody now. Like it's hard to get guys under the radar anymore because everyone plays in this a in the AAU age where you can see and and talk to and and view everything that's possible uh, in the country. One good thing I will note is negative recruiting is a big thing. You go around the country, football, basketball, like back in the day with Wisconsin, I'm sure you went to Minnesota and they would find all this dirt about Wisconsin when they're talking to the recruits and say that about this program in order to try to get them to go to Minnesota. Like that is a real thing that happens. The negative recruiting thing that other programs in the past could play of, Hey, look, there hasn't really been a, a great wing to go through this program in a while in the one and done era, really, and then go to the NBA. I, I think that is now gone. If anything, I mean, it's going to be used on the recruiting trail by Wisconsin, obviously, but I do think it is significant that there's no longer that negative tool that could be used by others. I think it's well, and I think it's also you look back at what Sam and Frank did in the NBA um, as first round picks. Is that it wasn't. Um, wasn't very impressive. Okay. Which right. is, I, I think it's safe to say. Okay. Or hasn't been impressive. To this point. Yes. Yeah. Um, they've both been successful in their own right. It's just, you know, it's not like Wisconsin's draft history is off the charts great. Still. So I think Johnny Davis, maybe if if Johnny does, you know, gets drafted here in the top 15 and goes and has a, a really, really good career, maybe it, it um, helps it out even more. Yeah, my ideal setting, so I, I look to 2024, and I know nothing about these recruiting situations and where they stand with schools. There wasn't much listed, except Wisconsin has offered. There are two four-stars in the state of Wisconsin, class of 2024, Nick Janowski and Tayshawn Bridges. Wisconsin has offered Janowski, but not Bridges. Yet I feel like my ideal setting is one of the two. Say, we're going to be lured somewhere else, but instead saw what had gone on, maybe sees Johnny then go to the NBA for a year and have success, and then they maybe, it, it shifts their mind a little bit. It's not going to be the end-all, be-all, but it helps them maybe get lured to Wisconsin. Uh, they've also offered uh, in the 2024 class uh, Con Knepel, kid out of uh, a great name. Milwaukee Lutheran. He's a four-star uh, shooting guard slash, eh, yeah, I mean, he's 6'5". Another guy that uh, he's ranked, actually ranked as the top player, according to 24-7 in that class, and a top 60 guy in the country. I was going to ask you, what do you know about Milan Momsilovic? Momsilovic? Momsilovic. Uh, he is a guy that desperately wanted to go to UW earlier in his uh, early in his life, and Wisconsin did not offer him. They never offered him, still Oof. haven't offered him, and he is uh, kind of blown up. He is now the number 35 ranked recruit in the country, yep. according to 24-7 Sports. Yeah. I, I think if they had offered, like he's from Pewaukee, he's the same school as Nick Jan, uh, Jakowski. What is it? Uh, Janowski. Janowski, excuse me. And uh, yeah, so Pewaukee, really good, really good school, really good team. Uh, a guy that I think had they offered him initially, they would have. Uh, he would have been at UW. Mm. All right. Instead, they're probably going to have to. Well, play against him. <laughs> well, we'll see. All right. Uh, 608-321-1670. Even though that might have been a damper on what I was a positive. Well, <laughs> it's all positives coming out of this Johnny Davis thing, or at least one would hope. Coming up next, we had said we were going to do this sometime during the summer. Zach texted me earlier, earlier in the week. He said, hey, you, you want to talk about the worst takes we've ever had? I said, yeah, you know, I don't really think there are that many that are bad. 
of and yours. of mine, I was referring to. Now, I was thinking about just Wisconsin Badger takes necessarily, but uh, Zach went into the archives. So we're going to get into that next. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Stay right there. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in. It is Kenny and Heilprin, 608-321-1670. You want your thought to be heard, do it. Uh, on Twitter, at Kenny underscore Heilprin, the podcast always will be up after the completion of the show. Zach, this was so this is something we had talked about for a while because we're in the dog days of summer. There isn't really any news to talk about except Johnny Davis and the NFL draft. So there was an overall thought when we started. It said, hey, let's talk about the bad takes we've had. And then obviously the good ones. Yes. So uh, I thought at first that it would meant only Badger takes. Now, I am I would be very up. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that. I mean, I've had many, many poor takes throughout my life, throughout my life, talking about the Wisconsin Badgers as I thought through them. Hence the text to you saying I didn't think I had that many bad ones. I didn't really. So uh, you came up with a title. You did the research. You went through the the Twitter archives. You came up with a top five. I did. So again, as you said, my idea was to give our best and worst and have the people call in and give their best and worst or, you know, text, uh, not Texas, Twitter at us and, and, and send messages and tweets at us. And that was the idea behind it. And that's the thing I suggested at the beginning of the week. And somehow it's turned into, and then you're like, well, well, cause I tweeted that we were thinking about doing this and then everybody rushed and said, Oh, how long's the show? Two days. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you have some, so you might, you may have some bad tweets out there. The beautiful thing about Twitter is they have this thing called the advanced Twitter search, which I think should be deleted. Yeah. Well, I think like some of your tweets. Should be deleted. <laughs> uh, before we get into this, though, I would like to make it known that Ben Kenny has had a Twitter account since 2013, but his tweets only go back until 2018. So I feel like there's some problematic tweets between 2013 and 2018. He says he just didn't tweet. He just used it as kind of a information vehicle to get him updates from uh, Schefter Shefty. and the like. I don't necessarily believe that, but I don't really have anything I can say to disagree with it at this point. I mean, that's what it was. Do you think I was able to go back and scrub five years of yes. tweets when I started actually tweeting on it? Yes. Okay. Well, I think you probably could have and probably did. Well, I didn't. I had it when I was in high school to see what Shefty had to say. Look, people have problematic tweets. Josh Hader, problematic tweeter uh, as, as, no, a, no, as I, a youngster. Don't group me into it with Josh Hader's problematic tweets. If any, my problematic tweets are going to have to do with certain athletes mainly Philadelphia ones. So, yeah. All right. So Ben is from Philadelphia. So he obviously has some very hot takes about Philadelphia sports and along with being a grad from Wisconsin, had some very hot takes even while covering the teams. <laughs> uh, though I don't think you didn't cover the basketball team, did you? No. Okay. So you just, those are just opinions out there. No, because you wrote some articles about it too. So, all right. So I think we have covers a strong word. Well, you, I commented, you work for the Badger Herald. Yes. Oh, I didn't know basketball for them. Okay. No, I covered men's hockey for a couple of years, and then I did football 
but more like midweek stuff about the team and about the games. All right. So I did come up with the top five of Ben's worst takes. I think at least four of them are old takes exposed worthy. We'll get to those, but I have a couple of honorable mentions before we get there. Of course, and I do want to note 608-321-1670. The lines could light as the segments go further in the show after this one of previous horrible takes yeah. that you like to get off your chest. This is like a confession. Yeah. I, I, I'm not religious at all. I obviously have learned about what they are. This is like a confession. You know, it, it's a except, safe space here. Except it's not really because I had to go and do that. I had to go and find all your bad stuff yourself myself because you didn't want to offer them up well i that's i didn't think it existed okay all right so here we go uh the first honorable mention tweet take from ben kenny comes from february 12th of 2019 it is if i'm the packers i'm going all in on ab it's been years since they signed big time talent in the offseason and with rogers starting to decline <laughs> they need to help him if they want to compete for another championship. Since that tweet, Aaron Rodgers has, <laughs> has gone to the NFC Championship game twice. He's won two MVPs, and he's been probably the best form of himself since going back to 2014-2011. Fair. I ask you and I ask the public, at that point in time, didn't many think he was close to declining? Brian Gudikins did. In 2019, he did not. Okay, yeah, I was a little premature on that take. Okay. So I beat Brian Gudikins to the take. But you were wrong. I was also wrong. Okay. And so was he. Okay. Uh, This from October 2nd of 2018. (laughs) If the Cubs get past the Rockies tonight, they have a great chance to take the National League. The Cubs didn't even get past the Rockies that night. But what you said was, with Lester and Hamels, two of the most proven playoff performers in the game today, and a good lineup with championship experience, this team is built to win in October. I was like, I at that point in time, I don't know why. It wasn't funny. I, I was like Magic Johnson. Okay. And and his Twitter, it was like, it's like you asked Magic Johnson to literally say a sentence about the game, and then some robot tweeted it for him. That's probably what that was. 2018, I think that was right when Cole Hamels was traded to the Cubs. So that probably was a, a seven-year-old Phillies take that I've been waiting to get off my chest because they hadn't made the playoffs. That's a tough one. I Baseball's hard to predict. Yeah. Uh, well, there's more baseball in your future here. Uh, another honorable mention one. This one is it's why it's honorable mention. It's kind of here, eh, but it's Wisconsin. So it's from November 14th of 2020. Oh, hell yeah. I really, really want to see this Badger team play a full six games and have a chance at the Big Ten Championship. It's a group that will deserve it. That group did not deserve <laughs> to play in the Big Ten Championship November. Game. So that was probably right after the Michigan game. Yes. Hmm. I, I think I was emotional given the state of COVID and hoping that the season was completed. So I guess maybe the they deserve it thing could have come from been through a lot to play during COVID. And if they had won another game that year before the Minnesota game, then they would have deserved it given the hardship. Back to 2019 we go. (laughs) Excuse me, 2020. Uh, This is probably about the time that they were playing like old games on uh, Big Ten Network because this is before like the season started. So October 7th, 2020. Just rewatched the end of the 2017 Big Ten Championship game. My takeaway if Jack Cohn or Graham Mertz, for that matter, starts that game, the Badgers are Big Ten champions. <laughs> that is a horrible, horrible take. <laughs> I, you, I, you don't I, remember Jack Cohn in 2018. Jack Cohn, this was Jack Cohn. Like 2017 was his true freshman year. If you give me, I, here's what I'll give you credit for: it. 2019 Jack Cohn, maybe. 
but maybe I think that was my thought. Okay, uh, because that's not what you said. You just said Jack well, Graham Mertz was in high school at that point. Right, right, right. But Graham Mertz, I don't think wins that game either. No, neither do I at all. That's a horrible take. Yeah, I was never really a Hornybrook fan, and that was something I had written down. Like I going to 2017, I didn't really think he could play. The problem is all of your tweets about Hornybrook don't exist allegedly because. You don't have anything past 20. Why didn't tweet back then? Yeah. All right. So you just had those thoughts somewhere. We'll we'll have to go find them sometime. Yeah. But when it comes to that, I did mean 2019 Jack Cohn and theoretically 2020 Mertz because that was, it might have been before Cohn broke his foot. What a spooky time. They need a Dave Damachek. I'm pretty uh, sure it happened. I thought it happened in late September. Yeah. But, oh, oh, you're talking about October. Uh, Yes. So that was after Cohn broke his foot. So I was thinking about 2020 Mertz. But Dave Damachek, what if? Like, what if, you know, Jack Cohn never breaks his foot? All right, so uh, let's get into my top five here. This is number five. This is the one that I don't necessarily think is over, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, old takes exposed type of stuff. This is number five. This is Paul Christ. Paul Christ needs to start being mentioned as one of the best coaches in college football. When did I say that? November, excuse me, October 12th, 2019. So this was after the Michigan game and after uh, and before the Illinois game. Before the Illinois game <laughs> means that it backfired rather quick. Yes, but so I will know. Let me let me finish the let me finish the tweet. Yeah. Oh God, there's more. Chris Chris's defense has allowed only five points per game this year and three total in the first half. He's a wizard. That's what we call not letting facts get in the way of a good narrative. Paul Chris's offense in 2019 was actually okay. Was was probably the best offense he's had since being the head coach. Yeah, it was pretty good. His defense, not his defense. I know. We give that credit to Jim Leonard. Again, don't let facts get in the way of whatever stupid narrative I was trying to push. Not That's a, a bad tweet. And and I don't think anybody would suggest, because if you look at his record since that tweet. Oh, it's really bad. No one would consider him among the best. So, Mush Kenny is yes. what it really is. Yes. Is many of these things that are tweeted just end up being the exact opposite. Yes. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, go to number four. We'll take a break coming up in a second. All right. So we'll, well, I'll give you four and we'll do our top yeah, three. We'll take a, yeah. Number four. I'm going to go with uh, Joe Girardi here. Joe <laughs> Girardi, the man, the longtime manager of the New York Yankees. Complete fraud. Joe Girardi, quote from Ben Kenny, February 13th, 2020. Is there a more perfect fit for this city than Joe Girardi? I can easily see him becoming <laughs> oh, no. the Charlie Manuel of this generation and being the first manager since Charlie to have prolonged success with the Phils. I can't wait for this season. He lasted two seasons, 51 games, finished with a sub-500 record, never made the playoffs, fired earlier this year. Yeah, he sucks. I will note in 2020, that was before he managed a baseball game. (laughs) He managed a ton of games before that. Well, that was before he managed one in Philadelphia. Those, I said that. After the whole Gabe Kapler thing, I was a Gabe Kapler guy, but then I loved I loved Girardi. It was hard to work off anything because he hadn't managed in like eight years. So yeah, I was wrong. Uh, anyone else gets hired and the Philly, uh, it, it needs to be Joe Girardi that replaces Gabe Kapler. Anyone else gets hired and the Phillies are moving backwards yet again. The funny thing is the other guys hired in that cycle were Dusty Baker, who's been tremendous, uh, Buck Showalter. I believe, and maybe one other stud manager, but everyone else was great. Quote, paired Girardi's knowledge of the game with his acceptance of analytics and past success, the Phils need him. 
Yep, and he turned in to be a stiff. All right, well, there it is. There's more to come. Got three more to come, including uh, the big one. He was not alone in this take at the time, but it's a doozy. Yeah, all right. 608-321-1670. You want to chime in, do it when we come back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. We are back. It is Kenny and Heilprin running through. Uh, Zach put together a top five of the worst takes I've ever had on the Twitter sphere. There are three of them remaining. Now, I had a bunch I was going to come out and fess up to, and I thought they were just overlap. So I wrote them down kind of as common courtesy, but then you ended up not actually including most of them. So I will I, I will fess up to my own bad ones, some of which I never tweeted because I it was a little too drastic to put on the Twitter sphere. And then it ended up being kind of wrong. One of them I still kind of believe. I won't tell you which one, but proceed. Final three. Well, uh, I did forget one honorable mention one, and that <laughs> is a tweet from, was that February? February? You threw out the Jack Cohn thing. We've talked about this on the show before. Jack Cohn is getting drafted. Jack, Cohn I mean that's a layup. Drafted. That he was, didn't. That that he did not. But the so Brock that, Brock Purdy went with the Mister Irrelevant pick. Brock Purdy can't play. That was a tough scene for you. Brock Purdy's a stiff. Uh, we're gonna go with number three here. This is Ben Simmons. It's undeniable. This is from uh, January eighteenth, twenty twenty one. Oh god, in twenty twenty one. Yes. Oh no. It is undeniable at this point that there's a Ben Simmons. To Giannis's game, hate me if you wish. He's still a terrific player, but it's the truth. You compared Giannis Antetokounmpo to Ben Simmons. Since that tweet, Giannis has led his team to an NBA title. Oh, I know when I fifty points that. in a Game Six clincher. Ben Simmons turtled in the playoffs, would not shoot the ball, and didn't play a game in the 2021-2022 season. And got traded. What was the and date? is now the most hated. One of the most hated players ever in Philadelphia history. That's true. What was the, it, January eighteenth, twenty twenty one? January eighteenth. Uh, oh, it definitely after watching a game, uh, a Giannis game. Oh, no doubt. And I don't think this was a Ben Simmons compliment as much as it was. It's a ben, It's a knock. Giannis couldn't shoot free throws. It's a knock. It's a knock. Yeah, on, and that was Giannis wrong. Comparing him to Ben Simmons. Yeah, but I didn't. That was not a Simmons compliment. By like I, that was not just out there complimenting Ben Simmons' game. Oh, so you, you it did, was you never complimented Ben Simmons? I definitely did. I know. You oh, oh, okay, that was probably in the past. That was before that. Uh, ben Simmons just made a three. The Sixers are winning the NBA championship again. A bit and sarcastic, wildly sarcastic. Great. He made a three against a Chinese All Star team. Great thread looking at Ben Simmons' true value to the Sixers and why even when he doesn't shoot, he's one of the best point guards in the NBA. That was wrong. <laughs> I was blinded. Uh, what else we've got here? Personally, I don't know who should be the one the four to go. Embiid's health, Simmons' lack of shooting, Butler's inconsistency, Harris's career being a solid player but not a star. But if it comes down to it, I think Simmons, Harris, and Embiid are the long-term pieces. Yeah, that was the exact opposite of what they should have done. They should have gone with Jimmy Butler. Simmons and Embiid are clearly perennial all-stars. I mean, they were at that time. Perennial? Simmons made multiple. Okay. So, again... You had much Ben Simmons love. I know. I know. I Yeah, and I will own up to that. And no. there's another guy that I was also proven wrong about. Number two is my favorite. It's my favorite one. 
Carson Wentz. This is from September 10th of 2019. This is after what, what year was his MVP year? 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Oh, but he was going off that year and then he got hurt. Yep. And they won a Super Bowl without him. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, well aware. Deshaun Watson. Oh, no. Carson Wentz. Patrick Mahomes will be the Breeze, Manning, and Brady of this generation. <laughs> <laughs> Philly's generational quarterback went on to throw 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions in 2020 and got <laughs> traded to Indianapolis. Who forced? He forced his way out, for the record. Uh, I think the worst part about that tweet is the Deshaun Watson part. I, little did I know at that point that he was the biggest creep in the world. But it's not as foo- like football talent. Putting him and Patrick Mahomes and Carson Wentz in the same sentence, along with Manning, Breeze, and Brady. <laughs> like It's like the Sesame Street. One of these is not like the other. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, who's a creep. So that is that was from September 10th, 2019. And the big one, my number one, easily my number one, Greg Gard. From March 22nd, 2019, I believe is the day that they lost to Oregon in the first round of the NCAA tournament as a five seed. Gard needs to go. He hasn't brought in a good recruit since he's been at Wisconsin. His offense is stagnant, doesn't work. It was that day. And he just brings nothing to the table. Needing a change of the guard, if you will. (laughs) Followed up a month later, Greg Gard needs to get Sam and Joey Hauser. Recent Marquette transfers. He hasn't landed an impact impact recruit since he took over for Bo Ryan. The team desperately needs talent and depth. If he can't land the brothers, I don't see him ever turning the program around. I have in that time. I know since those tweets, Greg Gard has been the Big Ten Coach of the Year twice and won two Big Ten titles. That one, I, I cannot come out and try to spin. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. That that was long before I, I closely, like I was I, I was a fan, you know? Yes. And I was emotional after the game, and I tweeted that. You were not alone. You were not alone in, in that. My, my mentions that season, and really the season before when they didn't make the tournament, but that season when things were not going well, uh, it was fire guard. And I'm like, it's it's November. What are we what are we doing here? And then we even going into the next year. Yeah, I'm t- I'm talking about like yeah, no nah, cuz that was March of 2019. They actually started out really good that year. That's my bad. Then my they bad. go into the next year yeah. and they lose Eight- to Richmond. I remember in like December. 1819. And then it came back. 1819 is the year that they started out really well. Yes. I think they got into the top I mean, the top 15 at least. And then they faded because they started out shooting just lights out from three and then couldn't hit anything down the stretch. Then Greg Gard did do a great coaching job and started to bench Ethan Happ at the end of basketball games. They still didn't. I mean, that was the end of Happ's career. Yeah, I know. It didn't really do anything. But So then the next year, they started out horrible from three. And there were people calling for him to be fired. And uh, that's when my mentions were just an absolute crap show. And he went and turned that. I mean, they as a team, went turned things around and yep. went, went won the Big Ten title. And then the following year, obviously, with COVID, didn't go all their way, considering they had all those guys back. And then the, in this past year, they won another Big Ten title. Yeah, that was so that was I, wrong. I think turning the program around, I think I think he did it. I think he has I, I think he has done it, definitely. One of my things, and this was after that. Now that was like the day they lost in the tournament, I was just, you know, I was cope tweeting, if you will. It was also back when I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. And I, 
you know, just let the thoughts ring out. Didn't really give as much thought to that as I probably should. There was something that I did believe, though, about, you know, seeing the momentum continue from Bo Ryan to guard. And yes, guard was there before. But I think the the last two Big Ten championships have proven me wrong. Before that, I had the general thought that I, w- like, I really want to see him go do it with, you know, guys that were all in his class and and pretty much a, the culture that he had built and he had, and he did that. So I was proven wrong. That was a really, really tough take. That's a bad take. That's a bad take. I I mean, honestly, it's – I well – Throw some, it, some throw, throw some money. Well, in the beginning, you compared this to uh, who was the uh, Josh Hader, and I, I will say I would rather have that tweet be resurfaced than say something that Josh Hader said. Uh, yes, I wasn't so. comparing that to Josh Hader. I was saying you <laughs> may. I don't know what your tweets looked like from 2013 to 2018. I feel like that there's probably a lot of gold in those things, and we don't see them because you deleted them all. I, they didn't exist. I didn't tweet back then. The ones I had written down, and I only thought Badger stuff. The the Philly stuff, I was just delusional. I I was a de- delusional young lad, if you will. I did say Wisconsin was going to win the Big Ten entering last year, and I do look back upon that take and see some. I, my thought process wasn't wrong because Ohio State was gettable. They lost two games. Ohio, they didn't win. They didn't go to Indy. So I thought this would finally be the year for Wisconsin to do it. It just ended up being Michigan. So I don't think that's the worst take I've ever had because what I was wrong about was Graham Mertz, obviously, and the offense. What I was right about was the other side of the coin, which was Ohio State. Uh, Jack Cohn, most things relating to the end of his career, I think during his career I was pretty spot on with him being a good quarterback at Wisconsin. I did compare him to a college Matt Ryan, but the numbers agreed. Good article. I I might retweet it at some point. I did call him low ceiling Kirk Cousins, but that was part of a bit. I didn't actually believe that. Uh, there are similarities, though, in terms of their accuracy when clean and when pressured. I did say the Nebraska game would be the tougher game between Nebraska and Minnesota last year, the last two games. And I during the Nebraska game, I took that as a dub, and then they obviously lost to Minnesota. Didn't really see that coming. I really thought Nate Reavers was bad, and 2020 kind of proved me wrong. And I kind of took the L for it. And then the next year was so uh, that's so, so I really thought after that Richmond, I thought the 1920 team that ended up winning the big 10. I didn't think that team was good and they ended up being good. Uh, and then the final ones, I, I didn't think Alex Hornibrook could play like at all. And then he kind of proved me wrong with a good 2017. He really proved me wrong. And then 2018 kind of came back to earth. And then I did, there were some thoughts of uh, during the whole guard thing. I, I did kind of side with Alondo Tucker during the yeah. uh, the whole uh, released audio part. Yikes. Yikes. It wasn't a full side, though. I just I defended him a little bit. I didn't want us all to rush to just, you know, slam. him. Uh, yeah, because yeah, because there's people out there that think it was released from somebody else. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can get into that <laughs> with what I don't know and whatever. But yeah, there was some Alondo Tucker defense there that I look back and regret a little bit. When Ebo's your source, it's not the the one you want to go with. No, it, no, and nothing to do with Ebo. It was someone else. I, I do. I talk Badgers a lot with that. You know, we yeah. There was some. There was some positive Alondo Tucker thoughts. So, I've bashed you right for all your. It's my turn. Rightfully so. All right. So when we come back. All right. I, we're going to step away a couple minutes when we come back before we hit the top of the hour. It's Kenny and Heilprin.
This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, it's Kenny and Heilprin. We're back a couple minutes before we get out of here. Zach, you said the feet were going to, you were going to hold your own feet to the fire. Yeah, again, I don't, not a very opinionated guy, especially when it comes to Twitter, because I don't want to leave uh, little crumbs for people to pick up. Like so that's I what I you. said. It's I, Most of it is your observation, and I can't call your observations wrong. It could be about something that ended up being the opposite, but I can't say what you saw out of your eyes was wrong. But it proved to be horrible. Like, not horrible, it proved to be wrong. Either way. Quick, a quick few here. Uh, I was a huge Chris James guy. Chris James uh, transfer from Pitt coming in. Uh, I believe I said he's going to see the field a ton this fall. He uh, he's the total package. Uh, The package. uh, First team snaps at running back continue to be split between Bradrick Shaw and Chris James. Suspect it's going to be that way during the season two. This is 2017, Mm -hmm. August of 2017. Enter Jonathan Taylor. Enter Jonathan Taylor, uh, and neither one of those guys really, really heard from much after that. Uh, What else? Uh, Another really good practice from Alex Hornibrook, fitting passes in tight windows, several nice deep balls. Offense could be fire. This is before 2017. At least he didn't say he had a quick release. Yes, right. Because then I could have said that was wrong. That was just horrible. Well, he did hit a golf cart one time at the Manning Passing Academy, (laughs) so that that was amazing. That was a big story. Do you remember that headline entering 2018? I forget from who. I just remember it very vividly, literally saying Hornybrook prepping to take jump to NFL. I'm sure it was sure it was out there. Yeah, I looked at it. I I don't mean to throw all these drive bys at him, but he also went to one of my rival high schools. But I scoffed. Uh, the goal is to have uh, or it was Austin Kofensis is a three star quarterback. Being a three-star quarterback, hard to understand. I know it's Utah and the competition isn't great, but his number's ridiculous. He should be much higher than that. Mm. Should be a four-star uh, uh, quarterback. Who's Austin Kofensis? You don't remember Austin Kofensis? No. He was a guy set the javelin record out in Utah. Like He was Gary Anderson's first ever recruit. Yeah. And he never played a down quarterback. <laughs> he was horrible. Uh, and they put him, they moved him to defense. He transferred. All good stuff. Mm. All right. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. We'll be back next week. Good luck, Johnny Davis. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin. Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.